the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseya Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of the Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. A very blessed morning to you in your homes, wherever you may be at this time. It's a joy to come your way and to serve you with God's word. I trust that your week has been great and God has been merciful and gracious to you. Kingdom added. Kingdom added. Great. Supernatural ambition is your birthright today and always in Jesus' precious name. This morning we are going to fellowship like we always do Sundays and Wednesdays in God's word. And before we do that, if you are on Facebook, I want to encourage you to start a watch party. Evangelism is now online, and so every time you have an opportunity to receive the word of God or to share the word of God, you want to share it with as many people as possible. Start a watch party and get your friends, family, everybody who is connected to you on that platform to come and fellowship with God in his word as well. And then, of course, if you are on YouTube, uh, subscribe and click all notifications so that you will always be prompted when we are on. Thank you so much for making time to be part of our broadcast today. And I have no doubt that what I'm teaching this morning will be a great blessing to your life. Shall we bow our heads as we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. You are good and your mercy is forever. Thank you, Spirit of God, for this opportunity we have to hear from you. You have the words of eternal life. As your word goes forth, let our lives be transformed and be made better. In the name of our Lord Jesus. The Bible says we are with open face, beholding us in a glass. The glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even us by the Spirit of God. As we come into fellowship with your word, change us from glory to glory. Spirit of God, make me an able minister, not of the letter, for the letter killed, but the Spirit given life. Thank you that I have access to revelation and insight, wisdom, immediate knowledge, Thank you, Spirit of God, that your word goes forth with precision and accuracy. Every heart shall be imparted by the life-transforming power in your word. We thank you and we give you praise for it. Spirit of God, in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Great. Our work has been on growing into spiritual maturity. That's what we have been on for the past weeks and we are still on. It looks like it's going to be on for quite some time. And I trust that it's been a blessing to your life. Last week, we answered the question, what can I do to begin my journey to spiritual growth? And we said that we first of all must desire, and then we must decide, and then we must be disciplined to do the things we ought to do. Those were the things we looked at. I think we talked on five things. Number one was desire. So to grow spiritually, that it begins with desire. Number two, we said we must discover. We need to discover what is in spiritual growth for us. That will help us 
to set us on the course for spiritual growth. So number one, desire. Number two, discover. Number three is decision. It takes a decision to grow spiritually. And then number four, we said we must do. Whatever we have decided to do, we need to go into action and do it. Jesus told Judas, he said, whatever you do, do it quickly. Whatever good thing we intend to do, we must do it and do it quickly. And then, of course, number five is to be disciplined. We must not just start things, we must continue things. It takes a discipline to start and continue. If you are going to grow spiritually, these are very important things that we need to do. And in this series, what we are starting today and will be continuing subsequently, we are looking at what must I do to grow. We have just talked about the five things that we said one of them is to do. So we need to know what are the things we need to do. What must I do to grow? And in this first part, we are looking at I must feed to grow. That's what we are going to teach. I must feed to grow. That's the title of my teaching today. I must feed to grow. Come with me to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 11 to 14. Because it's going to be the foundation for what must I do to grow. I'll be walking you through a number of scriptures and I encourage you to stay focused with me. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 to 14. And he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. till so we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Great. Then he says, to the perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So you, you take note of the word, the stature of the measure of the fullness of Christ. The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. So he says, we must not be children. We must grow into the fullness of the stature of Christ so that we are not children. At the early part of the teaching, when I was particularly talking about 12 important facts about growth, we said that Jesus is our ultimate standard for spiritual growth. If you are going to grow spiritually, we must look at our model for spiritual growth. Without a model, we cannot know how, how well we are doing. Jesus is our model. So if you are going to grow spiritually, we want to uh, compare our lives with him. The Bible said they comparing themselves by themselves and measuring themselves by themselves are not wise. The holy ultimate standard, the ideal standard, the perfect standard we must pursue to be like is Christ. The Bible said, for we know all things work together for the good of them that love God and are the core according to his purpose. He said, them that he did for know them, he also predestinated. And them that he predestinated, them he called. And them that he called, them he justified. That he might be conformed to the image of his dear son. So the ultimate image we are to be conformed to is the image of Christ. You remember in the beginning, God made man in his image after his likeness. When Adam sinned, the thing he lost was the image of God. And when Christ came, the thing he's supposed to restore unto us is the image of Christ. And spiritual growth actually helps us to be transformed into the image of Christ from glory to glory. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, the Bible said, And we all, with open face, beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord, 
are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. So, essentially, spiritual growth is about transformation, continuous transformation, being metamorphosed one day at a time into the very image of Christ. And I pray that as you tune into the broadcast today, the grace of God will envelop you. The Spirit of God will envelop you. The revelation that you are receiving will change you from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. You can go ahead and type in the comment box a big amen. Alright, so when we say Jesus is the pattern or the standard of spiritual growth, it's important that we also look at him because Jesus came as man. And when he came as man, he basically went through the same process we went through. The only thing that set Jesus apart was that he was without sin. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, he was tempted at all points, yet without sin. In fact, that is what qualifies him to be able to save us fallen human beings and fallen sinners. So, Jesus walked on earth as man. He did not come on earth as God. According to Philippians 2 verse 5, the Bible said, though he was God, he laid aside his godship or his divinity. Laid aside Philippians 2 verse 5 all the way to 12. He talks about that. He said he laid aside his divinity. What made him God, he put it aside and took upon himself the form of man. So never think that Jesus was here as God. He was here as man. Natural man, just like you and I. And he came to do that so he could save us. So when Jesus came as man, he grew spiritually. There was a certain time in his life where he had to grow spiritually. So Jesus also grew spiritually into maturity. And the book of Luke specifically gives us an account of how that happened. And we want to go through it today and see how we can draw lessons from the growth uh, pattern or the process or the means by which Jesus grew so that we can discover for ourselves what we can also do to grow. Now, come with me to Luke chapter 2, verse 40. Look at it. The Bible said, And the child grew and became strong in spirit. That's Jesus. Talking about Jesus. And the child Jesus grew and became strong in spirit. May you grow and become strong in spirit. Spiritual growth is becoming strong in your spirit. Some people grow and they become strong in their body. They become strong in their minds. They, they go to school, they learn so hard, get PhDs, get all kinds of degrees. It's great to have them. And they become strong, mentally strong, but spiritually weak. And mind you, the Bible says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So you need to be spiritually strong. The Bible said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So spiritual growth is about becoming strong in God. That's what it is. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. That is a pattern of his growth. Now look at Luke chapter 2, verse 50 to 51. Luke chapter 2, verse 50 to 51. Again. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Look at verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. So Jesus did not just grow in the body. He grew in the mind. He grew in the spirit, favor with God and with man. The question is, what did Jesus do to grow spiritually? That's essentially what we are looking at. And... When we go back and we read Luke chapter 2, verse 40. I mean, let's start from 40. 
40 tells us about how he grew. The Bible said, and the child grew, became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So in Luke chapter four, uh, 2 verse 40, we are told how he grew. And then in the book of Luke chapter 2 verse 52, we are told how he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor. But in between, sandwiched between Luke chapter 2 verse 40 and Luke chapter 2 verse 52, we find what Jesus basically did to grow. And that's basically what we will be examining in this particular teaching series. Look at it. Verse 41. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feasts. And they, when they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem and Joseph, his mother, did not know. He lingered behind in Jerusalem and Joseph and his mother did not know it. Verse 44, but supposing him to have been in the, camp, in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Amazing. Now so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Take note, they were astonished at his understanding and answers. At his age, the level of understanding, the level of maturity he displayed was amazing. The Bible said they were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. His mother said, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? And they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them great. Jesus grew. You know, the Bible said when he spoke, they were astonished at his understanding. We are told in the book of 1 Corinthians that in, in malice we should be children, but in understanding we should be men. So, one of the things that proves that a person is spiritually mature is their level of spiritual understanding. Their ability to perceive spiritual things. Because a natural man cannot receive the things of a spirit. Neither can he know them because they are foolishness to him. If you are going to appreciate, if you are going to grow spiritually, you, you have to grow in spiritual understanding. The Bible said Jesus grew in understanding. How and how, yes, how did Jesus grow? How come Jesus grew so much? Out of that text, we see a number of things. The Bible said, they found him in the temple. He was sitting in the midst of the doctors, hearing and asking them questions. We find that in the book, after three days, verse 46. Now, after three days, they found him in the temple. Luke 2, 46. In the midst of the doctors, sitting, hearing and asking them questions. Jesus grew because he fed on spiritual food. He, he ate enough spiritual food to grow. Jesus grew into spiritual maturity by feeding on the word of God. Feeding on the word of God. If you are going to grow spiritually, we need to feed on the word of God. Look at what the Bible says. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 to 15 is a messianic prophecy. One of those prophecies about Christ. It says, therefore the Lord himself shall give thee a son. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. 
That is Jesus. Now, he said, butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know how to refuse the evil and choose the good. Butter and honey. Take note. Butter and honey shall he eat. Honey is one of those biblical symbols of the word of God. Butter is one of those biblical symbols of the word of God. And the Bible said, Jesus, when he is born, he will feed on butter and honey. So he will be able to refuse the evil and choose the good. Now let's come to Hebrews and see how this works out. Jesus could not have discerned or be able to distinguish between evil and good without spiritual maturity. Let's look at Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. Let's start from verse 12. Hebrews chapter 5. He said, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. He says, then, and ye have become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat, the new King James. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. People who feed on milk of the word, butter and honey, Jesus fed on butter and honey. But there are those who feed on milk. Look at it, verse 14. He said, but solid food, solid food like butter and honey. Solid food like the meat of the word. Solid food like solid food, the Bible says, belongs to those who are full of age. In other words, those who are mature. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. When you go to Isaiah chapter 7 verse 15, you saw that butter and honey shall he eat, that he shall be able to refuse the evil and choose the good. Hebrew says that those who are matured, they are able to discern evil from good. I pray that you will grow into maturity. So if you are going to grow into spiritual maturity and develop and become like Christ, it's important that we get our appetite straightened up. And our appetite must be directed Primarily towards the word of God. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. He said, As newborn babes, first Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes, desire, be hungry, go after the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Do you want to grow spiritually? Then you must direct your hunger to the word of God. The Bible said, Be hungry, desire it, hunt after it, desire to know God, desire to know the word of God. You see, God's word is critical for our spiritual growth. God's word is food. The word of God is food. The word of God is food. Look at what the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 16. Jeremiah 16. He said, your words were found and I ate them. Look at that. It's food we eat. God's word is food. So Jeremiah said, your words were found and I ate them. And when I ate them, your word was to me joy and rejoicing of my heart. In the book of Job, chapter 23, Job 23, verse 12, he said, I have not departed from that commandment. I have treasured the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. So that is Job confirming that the word of God is food. Again, in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds from the mouth of God. God's word is described as food. And there are different forms of the food, you know, in our natural lives, when we talk about food, food comes in different forms. There are foods that provide us with vitamins. There are food that provides us with carbohydrates. There are food that provides us with protein. There are food that provides us with all kinds of nutrients. 
And the word of God equally has the capacity to feed us and make available all such nutrients to us. So the word of God comes as food to us in different forms. We have the milk of the word, First Peter tells us, and First Corinthians chapter 3 also tells us. We have the meat of the word that is found in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews talk about the meat of the word. First Corinthians also talks about the meat of the word. God's word is bread. And you know bread is carbohydrate. So God's word supplies us with the needed energy we need to carry out the assignment he has for us. God's word is also described as butter. God's word is butter. And God's word is described as honey. David was speaking. He said, more to be desired are they than good. Sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. God's word is honey. Again, God's word also refreshes us like water. So almost everything that is needed for growth in a healthy way is available in God's word. God's word is critical for our spiritual growth. Now, how does the word of God grow us as food? How does the word of God grow us? The word of God is food. So how does it work to grow us? Four ways the word of God works to grow us into maturity. The food of God's word grows us into maturity. Number one, by revealing your identity to you. When we come into the word of God, the first thing we see is us. We see us. We see us. I'm sure that you, you would have thought that I would say we see God. Yes. When we see God, we see ourselves. Because as he is, so are we in the world. We cannot see ourselves until we see ourselves in him. Our life is hidden in Christ. So in Christ, we see ourselves. And it's important because most of the time when we think about spiritual growth, we are in a haste to know what to do. What, what am I going to do? What we, we, we are quick to center on behavioral patterns and what it is that you have to do and all of that. And it's part, it's part of spiritual growth, really. But you see, spiritual growth starts with knowing who you are. Because a lot of people are very much fixated about what they do instead of concentrating on who you are. Because you see, who you are determines what you do. If you are a doctor and you are a surgeon for that matter, then you can be called into a theater and perform surgery because that's who you are. But if you are a pharmacist, you don't go to the surgery and open someone's head and pretend or attempt to want to do surgery on the person. You kill someone. So we need to know who we are and know where who can we find who we truly are except from the word of God. An excellent knowledge of who you are in Christ is an indispensable foundation for spiritual growth and maturity. An excellent knowledge, an excellent knowledge, a biblical one for that matter, of who you are, indispensable foundation for spiritual growth and maturity. Because you see, growing into spiritual maturity essentially has to do with matching our practice with our position in Christ. Matching our practice with our position in Christ. Growing into spiritual maturity has to do with demonstrating our beliefs by our behavior. Matching our practice with our position in Christ. Demonstrating our beliefs by our behavior. So until we know who we are, we can never live like we ought to live. Please take note. Until you know who you are. That's why when we go to school, the first thing they teach us in English is myself. Before you write about my father, my mother, my siblings, you start with myself. You need to know who you are. Who you are. Who you are. Jesus knew who you are. He, he was. And I pray that you come to know who you are. And listen, the mirror of God's word. God's word is described as a mirror. The mirror of God's word has one primary reason. 
objective and that objective is to reveal us to us he helps us to know who we are and who we ought to be look at james chapter 1 verse 23 to 25 james he said for if anyone be a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror so when we come into the word of god when you study the word of god when you meditate on the word of god when you keep hearing the word of god it reveals you to you. It's like seeing your face in a mirror. You see the, the clean part of you, the place that needs to be cleaned up, and then you come out looking glorious, and people look at you and say, ah, you look glorious today. You look beautiful. You look awesome. It's because the mirror of God's word has revealed it to you and has helped you to clean up yourself. The Holy Spirit principally uses the agency of the word of God to transform us into the image of Christ from glory to glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. The Bible says, We all with open face, beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. The second way God's word matures us is by changing our mentality. God's word grows you into maturity by changing your mentality. When you feed on the word of God consistently, it changes your mentality you see the bible says in romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 he said i beseech you therefore brethren by the message of god that you present your bodies as living sacrifices holy and acceptable unto god which is your reasonable service verse 2 he said and do not be conformed to this world but be ye transformed be ye metamorphosed in the greek the greek word the word is metamorphosed which comes, which is the word out of which we get the English word metamorphosis. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How does transformation come? By the renewing of your mind. You are born again. How will you be transformed into the image of Christ? By the renewing of your mind. How will you be able to live a victorious life? By the renewing of your mind. How are you going to live the life you ought to live as a child of God? By the renewing of your mind. The Bible said be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, God's word grows us by changing our mentality. You know, growing into maturity has more to do with mental renewal than everything else. A lot of people think that by when it comes to spiritual growth, we have to pray our way into spiritual growth. It's good. And we'll talk about that. Prayer is an important part of spiritual growth. But listen, when it comes to spiritual growth, much of it has to do with renewal of your mind. You see, one major way children can be distinguished from adults is the way children think, their mentality. When you are a child, there's a way you think we have. We are told in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. Take note, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. The New Living Translation said, When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. I thought and spoke and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. May you grow up. May we put away childish thoughts in the name of our Lord Jesus. So, we need to change our mentality. Your mentality. Because, you see, anywhere your mind goes, your life goes. Anywhere your mind goes, your life goes. Children think, they think about toys. They think about playing all the time. Children don't see what is important. They don't know what is serious. 
They don't know what is a serious matter from what is less serious. They don't know what priorities they must pursue. They think, their thinking is of elementary stuff. And when we get born again, we need to change our mindset. We must change our mindset about money. We must change our mindset about what is important. We must change our mindset about many things. That's all the word of God does. Every time, that's what, every time we come to the word of God, we are simply exchanging thoughts. We are, the Bible says, for my thoughts are not like your thoughts. Neither are my ways like your ways. You see, wherever your thoughts goes, your ways will also go. As a man thinketh, so is he. So when we embrace God's thought, we begin to think like God, and then we can act like God. We can never live like God until we begin to think like God. How can we think like God? By embracing God's thoughts, which are written down for us in print in the Word. Number, number three, by building it up spiritually. If you are going to grow spiritually, God's word is critical. God's word grows you up by building you up spiritually. Your spiritual muscles can never be built up without the word of God. Please don't forget that. Your spiritual muscles, you can type it in the comment box. My spiritual muscles cannot be built up without the word of God. The God's word is the raw material for building you up. You know, protein builds you up. It builds you up. It's one of those building nutrients. And God's word has enough protein. The milk of the word builds you up. It builds your muscles. It builds your muscles. It builds your... The more we stay in the word, practice the word, meditate on the word, our spiritual muscles are built up. Look at uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 32. The Bible says, and bread, So brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. That's what we are talking about. God's word has capacity to build you up. I see you build, built up. I see you built up spiritually in the name of Jesus. God's word has capacity to build you up. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 to 16 tells us that we need to be strengthened with might in our inner man. God's word strengthens us and builds up with strength in our inner man. He said, for this reason, Abba, my the father of our Lord Jesus, from who all the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you according to the riches of his grace to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So you are strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Until your inner man is strengthened, it cannot conquer the sinful cravings of your outer man. It takes strength in your inner man. Apostle Paul said, I keep my body. I, the word I has to do with his inner man, his spirit. His spirit kept his body in check. Some of us, after many years of being Christians, our bodies are still controlling us. Our bodies dictate when we eat, uh, who we sleep with, whether we, the person we are married or not. Our bodies dictate where we go, the kind of places we go, whatever you feel like doing, that's what you do. When you live like that, you are not living like the way you ought to live. That's not how an immature person lives. Children live at the mercy of their feelings. Adults are very responsible. They take very responsible actions. They think through whatever action they are taking and they go ahead and take it. And it's important that we develop our spiritual masses. We cannot develop it except through the medium of the word of God. It builds you up. And then the word of God grows you by deepening your convictions. That's the final point this morning. Your convictions need to be deepened. Daniel, in the strange land where nobody was there, could not sacrifice his conviction for convenience. A lot of us will live 
as convenient, not as convicted. As a child of God, you need to live out of your convictions, not convenience. There are things that sometimes it's convenient to do, there are times it's convenient to have sex. Sometimes it's convenient not to pay tight. Sometimes it's convenient not to come to church. But if you live that way, you will never become the kind of person God wants you to be. You have to live out of conviction. Conviction. Daniel purpose in his heart that he will not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. Paul said, I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded. That's conviction. Persuasion. Where you are persuaded without any shadow of doubt that Jesus is Lord. You are persuaded without any shadow of doubt that tithing is scriptural. Nobody can dissuade you. Nobody on a social media campaign or face YouTube campaign can dissuade you from giving because you know giving honors God, giving is an expression of your love for God. Giving gives you an opportunity to partner with God to fulfill his purposes on the earth. I trust and I believe that this broadcast has been a great blessing for you. God's word builds you up in three ways. One, it builds you up by showing you who you are, by changing your mentality, by building you up spiritually, and then by deepening your convictions. I pray that your convictions will grow stronger and stronger. Nothing will be able to withstand you. Nothing will be able to stampede your progress. You will grow from grace to grace. As you give yourself to the word of God, as you begin to feed on the word of God, I see you moving from the spiritual state, cause your core state, into a spiritually healthy person. No more spiritual marasmus. You are growing from strength to strength. You are growing from glory to glory in the name of Jesus. You are blessed. Maybe you are tuned to the broadcast now and you are not born again. You want to say, Pastor, I want to give my life to the Lord. What a privilege I have to lead you to Christ. Bow down your heads and say this prayer after you. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I admit I'm a sinner and I call upon you. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart you died for me. I confess with my mouth you are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. If you pray that prayer in faith, you should never doubt it. You are saved. You are bound for heaven. Eternal life is in your spirit now. I'm glad to know you as a, a fellow brother in the faith. Go ahead and share your testimony of salvation with us and any other testimony. Let us hear from you how this broadcast is a blessing to you. But if you specifically pray that prayer, you see our mailing address there and then our contact. Send us your contact. Let us get to know you so we can help you in your work with God. The Lord bless you and the Lord increase you money. Pastor Afraqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afraqua, please call 540 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com get interactive with pastor afuakwa on facebook twitter and instagram you can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information fellowship with us this and every sunday for our celebration services 7 a.m first service 8 30 a.m second service and 10 a.m our third service and on Wednesdays for our discovery service at 6 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station Santa's Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you.